Good morning, church. Hey, it's going to get warm this week. We're going to be putting on shorts at the end of the week. All right. Excited for that. So anyway, 48, 49, that sounds balmy. Um, Hey, we're so glad you're here this morning. If you're joining us online, we want to welcome you. If this is your first time, we especially want to welcome you. We're glad that you chose to be with us here today. And uh, we are in a series uh, called The Intentional Year. A good time to do that, you know, at the beginning of the year. This is not about resolutions. So if you're going, uh, because we've already all broken our resolutions, right? So this is about being intentional. And um, I just want to share a little bit of of, uh, how excited I am what God is doing in our church and in our people. Um, I tell you, one of those things this last uh, weekend, Friday night, Pastor Aaron had one of his Friday night frenzies. We had an awesome problem to have. His last Friday night frenzy he had, 146 seventh and eighth graders. That sounds awesome. And it is awesome, but it's uncontrollable. So anyway, he's broken up. They're still doing Friday frenzies. It's an outreach he does on Friday nights. So Friday night, they did eighth graders. This Friday night, seventh graders. The next Friday night, sixth graders. I'm still blown away. We had 49 eighth graders um, this last Friday night, just eighth grade. And so I appreciate the some of the ministries. Um, it inspires me, um, our people. And uh, one of those, uh, those that I'm, I just love the different ways that you're making a difference in our world and community. We all have a part to play. We all have something to offer. And uh, some of us do it as uh, lawyers. Some of us do it as teachers. Some of us do it as doctors. Some of us do it as stay-at-home moms. Uh, we all have a place uh, to, to serve. And I'm thankful there's a place for my friend Efren Morales. Um, Efren is here on my left-hand side, and he has been going to our church in the last year. Um, part of why I like having him be here is he just makes us tough, man. I mean, don't mess with Inspire Church, you know, because Efren is here. Uh, he's in a fight this Friday night, um, and he asked our some of our pastors. I wasn't able to make it, but Pastor Nate and Pastor uh, Christy and Pastor Aaron, um, some of his life groom life group, uh, the Espanoses went Thursday night because he was going to, to Ohio for this fight this coming week. And he asked for prayer. And so they gathered around him in prayer. Let me tell you, that wouldn't have been always what Ephron would have asked for, but he wanted his church to pray for him. You see a few years ago, um, his, his wife and, and daughter, I mean, I'm sorry, his wife and son, Leslie and Mateo, uh, has been coming to church several years just by themselves. And in this last year, uh, Ephraim started coming with them and God's been doing a work in his heart and his life and the steps that he's made towards Jesus. And uh, before, I don't think he'd asked the church or people to come pray for his fight, but he wanted the church to pray for him as he gets ready to, you know, beat someone up in the name of Jesus um, this Friday night. And I just love that uh, this is a place. This is, this is the, our, this is our people. And I love how God works in all sorts of ways, in ways that we don't always see. And I'll just be honest, Ephraim is a little, I would say, raw and rough around the edges. And he asks lots of questions of Pastor Nate. I mean, more questions than we have answers for. And honestly, um, we have a lot of questions ourselves that we don't have answers for. And if you're here today and you have questions that you don't have answers for, join the club. Um, we, we all don't have all the answers, but I'm, I'm glad there's a space 
in this church for people to grow at the pace that they're at. And I'm thankful that he's brought different people to our, to our church. And so I'm praying, would you pray along for Ephron uh, this week? We're praying along for his fight that he'll beat this guy in the name of Jesus on Friday night. And I'm just joking. We don't want the, anything bad to happen to him, but we do want Ephron to win. Um, but my, my point in telling you some of that is we want to have more Ephrons in our church. We want people that are raw and rough around the edges. Uh, Jesus hung around people that were raw and rough around the edges. He chose 12 that were very raw and rough around their edges. He didn't pick the religious elite. He didn't pick the religious leaders and the leaders of the law. He chose to, to build his church with some rough and raw guys and ladies. And, and uh, I'm so thankful that we have a place for this. And it reminds me of our intentional year. Um, the book that kind of goes along with the, the, of course, the, the Bible is our primary place that we draw our inspiration. But there's some great Christian books out there in this book. Um, encourages you to pick one word for the year. And I've actually adopted intentional. Uh, That's my word for the year. Heather's chosen a different word. Uh, But for our, you, I encourage you to pick a word for the year to focus on. Um, And I've several of you told me the words that, you know, God's laid on your heart, your word for you or your family or your life this year. Um, But our word for a church is one. That our church is gonna be for the one. That uh, And you might be asking, well, what's, what's the one? Are we talking about hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one? Yes, we're talking about God. We're talking about Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me except through the Son. Jesus made in a very exclusionary statement that said, I'm the way. It's not politically correct, but he says, I am the way. I am the one. I am the way to life. I am the way to the truth. I I am the way to peace. And he makes no apologies for it. But he also, at the same time, it seems very exclusionary, he's all-inclusive. Meaning he is not willing that any should die apart from God, but all should come to repentance. That God, he's for the world. He so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have everlasting life. He is very inclusive and he loves the world. We used to sing a song when I grew up in church. I grew up in the church. We used to sing a song. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. Jesus thinks they're out of sight. Now you may have said precious in his sight, but I had a wild children's pastor. It was Jesus thinks they're out of sight. And God loves all people. And, and uh, he is for all people. And we here, we're, we're, for, uh, we're for the one, we're the, the one God. We're for Jesus. And if we're going to be for Jesus, then we got to be what Jesus is for. If, if you come up and tell me, hey, Pastor Kent, I'm for you. I'm with you, but I can't stand your wife. Uh, you're not for me. <laughs> By the way, it would be the reverse order that that would happen. That wouldn't happen in that way. But let me just say on behalf of Heather, if you tell her you like her, but you don't like me, you're not for her. Okay, you're for what that person is for. And Jesus made it very clear who he's for. That he is for the one. Luke chapter 15, he described three stories where he said, here's who I'm for. The one matters to me. I want the one to come home. And, and the first parable of the night of the hundred sheep, if, you're, if a shepherd had a hundred sheep and one of them was lost, one of them found themselves out of the safety of the pen, the shepherd would go and leave the 99 to go after the one. And Jesus said in the same way, that's his heart. In the same way, the angels rejoice in heaven over one 
one who repents and comes to him over, over 99 righteous persons that are, that are okay. He is after the one. And so we want to be intentional this year about being for the one. And so I just want to make a challenge to you on this last week of our 21. Um, uh, I want to make sure, JD, you didn't have anything. I turned myself off, so that wasn't you. So um, anyway, he's looking at me like, what happened? Um, Anyway, squirrel. If you're new here to church, sometimes I see a squirrel and I go off on a thing and I got to come back. So we're, we're coming back. So our, our, our focus this week in our 21 days of prayer, it was the first week was on who God is. The second week is on what God sees and wants to do in us. And this week it's about others. And uh, the snow and the ice and the cold kind of did a number on our 21 days of prayer. It did a number on our schools. I mean, I think you've maxed out the school days. They've had all four gone already. Some of you have gone over. Um, in, in the way of us, we had to cancel several of our uh, 21 days of prayer. We're partnering with hundreds of other churches across this country and, and around the world to pray for our communities, to pray for others. And this week's focus is on others. And I, this is my challenge, church, is if we are going to really be what for Jesus is for, if we're gonna be for the ones that he cares about, then we need to pray for the ones. And as we pray for others this week, this is my challenge to you. One service. Find one service, find one prayer service this week. It goes from 6.30 to 7.30. We have five opportunities. Uh, Maybe you've made some of the ones in the past. Maybe you haven't made any. Find one this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Find one this week. And and join us for prayer as we pray for the one, as we pray for others, as we pray for our community. Um, It's kind of corporate-led, so you won't be embarrassed. You won't be asked to pray out loud or pray with a group of people. It'll be very something that is not weird or crazy or foreign, but it is a great opportunity because I believe God wants to do great things. And I want to see God do some great things this year. Do you want to see God do some great things this year? Do you want to see God do some great things in, in your life and in the, our church's life and other people's life and our community's life? If we want to see God do great things, the power of that is prayer, that we come together and we gather. Nothing happens apart from God and seeking his will. So I invite you to join us. Find one day this week, join us in prayer that we would see, intentionally seek God do great things in our community. The purpose of this series, as I said, is not New Year's resolutions. It's simple practices for finding freedom, peace, and purpose. God wants you to have and wants me to have. He wants us to have freedom, he wants us to have peace. He wants to have us to purpose. And he want, there's some practices in this book um, that kind of talks about, we talked about the first week, the practice of prayer. Last week, we talked about the power of rest. Um, yesterday, um, there were some things that I felt I had to do at church. And I was reminded, I just preached this message to the people. I need to take myself up in my own message. So just intentionally, it can, it can be tough to intentionally rest when you always have things to do, to, to stop. So last week was about rest. Today's uh, is about the power of renewal or the practices of renewal. And I just want to talk about it being practiced, not being perfect. Because none of us, none of us are perfect. Perfect Practice is not, it's, it's not performance, it's practice. We are, we are practicing followers of Jesus. And the reason we can practice is because Jesus is perfect. 
And he has completed and finished the work. It was done on the cross and his resurrection. So we cannot be perfect, but we are called to follow him. And so we're practicing followers of Jesus. And sometimes people look at a, maybe a pastor and they think, well, or you maybe look at some a, a spiritual giant in your life or whatever. And you just think, hey, they just... Um, they're just closer to God. They have a direct connection. They, they, um, they have their act together. And those of you who've been with me for the last eight and a half years, you know, this pastor doesn't have his act together. Praise God that you're, some of you are still here because you've been here long enough to know I don't have my act together. We're practicing. Uh, and, and sometimes we can look at someone else and just think, oh man, everything's going well in their life. They're just on fire for God. But we all are practicing and we all have what I call hot and cold streaks, just like a, uh, a basketball player has a hot streak and a cold streak or a baseball player has a, a hot streak or a slump, a hitting slump. We have all have slumps, highs and lows in our life. And if I'm, I'm just being honest with you this morning that I have, I have streaks. I have streaks where I feel so close to God on fire for him. And there's times where I feel far from him, where I don't feel like he's close, where I feel distant. And I'm like, what's, what's wrong? And if I base my relationship on my performance with God, I'll be an utter failure. If you base your relationship with God over performance, you will be an utter failure. If you base your relationship over a feeling, you will be utterly depressed and disappointed. If I base my relationship on a feeling, I'll be utterly depressed or disappointed. It's not about a feeling. It's not about performance. It's about being a practicing follower of Jesus. And, and practice makes, I know a lot of people, we say practice makes perfect. That's the way I grew up. There's an old a late uh, ba uh, baseball coach in our community. I never got the opportunity or the pleasure of meeting him, but Coach Kroll, the Nickerson baseball coach, um, I heard from some of his players. He said, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. It's not about being perfect because none of us will be perfect, but practice makes permanent. It puts you in a good position and a good place. And so we're just practicing Christians because we want this. This is why we practice because I want what Peter wants for you this morning. Peter said, grace and peace be yours in abundance. That's my prayer for you as your pastor. That's my prayer for me. I want you to have grace. I, I want you to experience grace. I love our embrace grace ministry and moms here today. I'm thankful that we get to celebrate and you've received the embracing love of God through his church and through Jesus. I'm thankful that we all should be embracing that grace that God wants us and, and Peter was writing to us that he wants us to have grace and peace and not just grace and peace, but he wants us to have a lot of it. He wants us to have it in abundance. I don't want a little bit of peace for you and a little bit of grace for you. I want a lot of grace for you. I want a lot of peace for you. And I know in my life, I need a lot of grace. So I don't want just a little bit of grace. I need a lot of grace. I want an abundance of grace, but that comes through the knowledge of God and, Jesus, and of Jesus our Lord. It's through growing in him. It's through practicing his work is completed. It's done. We can't add to his love. We can't take away from his love. But now that we've received his love and when we receive his love, we grow through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, our Lord, because his divine power has given us everything, everything that we need to live a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He's saying, hey, trust in me. We trust in the Holy Spirit. 
and his divine power has given us what we need. You may be here feeling like, I just don't have it. I don't have what it takes. Yes, you do. Through Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit, you have his divine power to help you do and complete the work he wants to complete in you. I'm thankful that his word says that he, the, that he who started a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's the one that will do it. This is not about pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and said, this is what I'm gonna be. This is about saying, God, I need your help. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It's humbly saying, God, I need you, Jesus, I need you because he wants to give us his divine power to help us live a godly life that glorifies him. We wanna keep practicing. And I know one thing, there's an enemy out there of our soul that wants you to quit. There's probably some in this room here today that you just wanted to quit. The enemy has a plan for you. His plan for you is to quit. God has a plan for you. Jesus has a plan for you and it's not to give up. It's to never stop. It's to, ne- it's, it's to never quit. Even when you feel like you failed, you've blown it, get back up. I think of it this way and I've shared this before. Have you ever missed a meal? Did you quit eating? Did you give up the next time? No, if you're like me, if you miss lunch, you doubled up on dinner, Right? You you ate twice as much. You made sure you got those calories. You weren't going to let those go to waste, right? If we lose a ball game, do we quit practicing? As I tell my Chiefs fans, I wish you well, but I cannot wish you luck. (laughs) Oh, come on. Seriously. My Broncos haven't been in the playoffs for nine years. Give me a break. Maybe next year. There's always next year. This is what we're doing, friends. We're practicing following Jesus. And by the way, we have a good time while we're doing it, right? We're here to practice following Jesus. I just want to declare that this is a safe place to practice because that's what your pastor's doing. I'm just a practicing follower of Jesus. I'm not a perfect follower of Jesus, but I'm a practicing follower of Jesus. And we are inviting that let's let's just agree together that we're gonna let each other practice because what do you do at practice? You allow people to make mistakes. You allow people to mess up because they're gonna grow from it. They're gonna learn from it. You don't condemn them. You don't judge them. You don't throw shade at them. You don't shame them. Let's just agree that we're gonna be practicing followers of Jesus that aren't gonna be perfect. And so we, we don't need to condemn one another. We don't need to judge one another. We can let God clean and do the work in people's lives, pray for people certainly, but we're just fellow practicers practicing. I better be careful of making up these new words. Practice following Jesus. Because you know what? We want more Ephraims. We want more Ephraims. I don't want more religious leaders that know it all. I want people that are humble, that are asking questions. Ephraim asks lots of questions. That's a great place to be. If you're here today and you have lots of questions, if you have doubts here today, I wanna tell you, Jesus, one of his 12 was doubting Thomas. Jesus is comfortable with doubters. He is, he, he is secure in who he is. He's safe in who he is. He has big shoulders. He's broad enough to handle our doubts. Practice following Jesus. Jesus summed up how to practice him. When he was with um, some Pharisees, they were asking him about the law and what it was to follow God. And they were pretty good at it. They knew the 10 commandments and they were pretty good at the 600 plus traditions and laws that they placed on top of that. 
And they were asking Jesus about a man that, you know, if he loses his, his if, a, if a wife and the husband dies and he remarries and then that husband dies, they remarry and that husband dies and it once goes through seven times, whose are you going to be, whose husband are they going to be in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus said, you don't know your scriptures. <laughs> you don't know the scriptures because there's neither marrying nor marrying in heaven. We're, we're going to be whole, we're going to be complete. And he said, you don't know your scriptures. And this one, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating about this, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. So he took notice that Jesus had a good answer. And so he said, okay, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one answered Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is what? One, the Lord is I'm going to make, keep saying until you do better. The Lord is, the, thank you. Because I don't do that very often. If you're new here today, I hardly, hardly ever do that. But the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. The, there, there is no commandment greater than these. This wasn't just a commandment, but Jesus was painting a picture of health what it is to be healthy. And I know all of us, there's no one in this room that says, hey, I want to be less healthy. I don't, I, we all want to be more healthy. And if we want to be healthy, this is Jesus's plan for health. It's to love God with everything you got, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, love your neighbors yourself. Things that all go together. You don't just pick one or two and say, hey, I love you, Lord, with, uh, you know, my, the heart is the emotions. The heart is what we set our affections on. The, the soul is what, 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 what the deep within us worships. With all our heart, soul, with our mind, what we think about, the thoughts that we have, they matter. They, they, they impact our soul. They impact our heart. What we think about impacts the other parts of our whole being. The, and, and then our strength to love, to love God with our, with our bodies, to, to, to trust him and then to love our neighbor as ourself. And they all, they all relate to one another. We can't say, you know, God, I love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, but man, I can't stand your people. <laughs> that doesn't work. Now, does that mean there's not difficult people? Yes, but Jesus describes for us, love your neighbor, and it doesn't mean your next door neighbor. Yes, we're supposed to love our neighbor, but Jesus defined what neighbor is. It's the Samaritan. It's the someone that doesn't look like us, act like us. And he says, love your enemies. He takes it another step. So if we are gonna grow in our relationship with God, if we're gonna love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we're gonna need the Holy Spirit's power to do this because none of us are gonna do this perfectly. Only Jesus did this perfectly. Uh, Billy Graham and Mother Teresa didn't do this perfectly. They're sinners like we are. They might've gotten close but we need God's help because none of us, first of all, will do this perfectly. But secondly, we can't do it on our own. So we ask the Holy Spirit to help us to love with all our soul, mind, and strength because we're gonna need the Spirit to love some of the people. We're gonna need the Spirit to love some of the people in our lives that are difficult and hard to love. And if you don't know any difficult and hard to love people, you're it. People are having a, they're trying to live out their walk with Jesus loving you. So let's talk about some pathways of renewal for caring for our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, I know it's easy to compartmentalize, but taking care of our mind and body is as important as taking care of our soul and our worship and our prayer. 
all the, all the spiritual uh, gifts here, they all work together. They all interact with one another. So I'm going to, for sake of time, we're going to put a few together because they all interact. We could put them all together, but body and soul, they, they matter. They, they impact one another. Paul said to the church in Corinth, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Our bodies impact our soul. Our soul impacts our bodies. It, it makes a difference. You can't separate out the other and say, I love you with all my heart and soul, but I'm just gonna do what I want. I don't care, God. I, I, I know what's best. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins and thank you for saving my soul. But yeah, my body's not yours. I can do what I want with it. Paul was saying uh, before this that he was talking about sexual purity, about giving God our bodies, giving him every part of our life. But I don't think it was just sexual purity. I think he was saying as well as taking care of ourselves. Uh, I grew up in a very strict church and I said to the first service, I'm always a little bit when I say it because I know my parents, my dad watches every single message. And, and so I, I don't mean this in a bad way. I just uh, love covers over a multitude of sins and my parents, they love me to death. But we grew up really strict. And one of those things was that was kind of joked about was a little bit serious was don't, uh, don't, go, with, uh, don't go with any girl that smoke drinks or chews or don't go with girls that do don't smoke drink or chew or go with girls that do but eat all you want anytime you want and whatever you want now they didn't add that last part on that's just the part i witnessed it was like do all this but how we take care of our bodies doesn't matter this isn't to shame anyone because i am the one i'm mr yo-yo i've been as high as 219 pounds since i've been here and i've been as low as, as low as 190 since i've been here i mean that and i've been back and forth in that range and let me tell you that I don't share that. I don't know why I shared that. That'll be one of those things afterwards. <laughs> Heather will say, you didn't need to share that. So I share too much sometimes. But I, I'm not here to judge anyone. I'm just saying, hey, yeah, everything we do matters. And I do know this, uh, that our bodies impact our energy. Our, it's not about looking good in the mirror. It's about being our best for God. So being intentional about just growing and doing a little bit. So you guys know this. I have a goal every day to do one push-up. One push-up. Because I can do one push-up. But sometimes it leads to 10 and 15 and 20. Sometimes it leads to more. Maybe, maybe it's this year being intentional about going, not saying I'm gonna go run a marathon, but I'm gonna walk five minutes every day. I'm gonna do something physical active to take care of my body. Because I, I do believe this. I do believe that... Um, our bodies and souls, they go together. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, Paul said to the Romans, in view of God's mercy, in view of all he's done for you, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, uh, your sexual appetites, your, the way that you eat and drink, and you won't do it perfectly, but offer them to me as a holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I just feel better. When I'm at that 219, since you already know, I'm not feeling as good. I don't have as much as energy. When I'm down at that 190, I'm feeling energetic. And, and I feel like, I'm, I'm, I would, some of you know this, I ran my one and only marathon in October. <laughs> um, I don't plan on doing one again. I only did it because my daughter was doing it. But I will tell you in August and September, 
I felt like a better pastor. I felt like a better dad. I felt like a better husband. I felt better. I felt like I had slept in a Holiday Inn Express. I, I, I just, you just feel better. You feel stronger. So uh, this, isn't a, uh, this isn't a shame or anything like that, but just do something intentional to take care of yourself. And some of us take care of everyone else around us, but we don't take time to take care of ourselves. And you're not being selfish. You're actually doing something for them. Take care, just, it, it all ends. Our minds and our hearts, they go together. Paul said to the church in Philippi, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, I love some translations, yours may say this, anything of good report, if there's a good report to bring, think about such things because our mind is our powerful. And our, 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 the, what we think is powerful. It impacts how we live. It impacts our souls. It impacts our hearts, what we think about. And that's why Paul was saying, hey, you know, you're gonna battle this. Every one of us battles. I don't care who you are. Every one of us battles this. We battle our own minds. Maybe the things that others said about us, but it's not just the things others said about us, it's things that we tell ourselves, lies we tell ourselves, things that we tell ourselves. And, and Paul says to fight this, we need to, we need to think good thoughts. And if we wanna think good thoughts, that's why we encourage that we wanna get into his word. We wanna get into God's word because we want to resist the lies of the enemy. We wanna resist the lies that are going on in our mind. And we wanna, we wanna, we wanna tell the truth about what God says about us. That God said that we're a child of God. When we receive him, that we're a child of God, that we're loved by him, that we're loved by God, that we're a child of the most high God, that we are forgiven, that we are redeemed, that we have been set free, that we are made new, that the old is gone, the new has come, and we are new creations in Christ, that, that, he, that we are his masterpiece, that God created us, each and every one of us, every one of you, you are a masterpiece. And some of you, as I say those words, you're thinking, yeah, maybe the person next to me, but not me. No, God made you. I keep thinking about the Sanctity of Life Sunday. Before you were created in your mother's womb, God knew you and formed you and made you. He made you on purpose for a purpose. That's why we do value life because you have a purpose and you are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared for in advance for you long ago. So when we receive Jesus Christ as our savior, we get to get back to doing what we were created to do. We were created to do good things, to be his masterpiece. And then in our relationships, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. He said that to, that, to the Thessalonians, to that church. And then to the church in Ephesus, he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful Helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Come on, church. As followers of Jesus, we don't do this perfectly, but what we need to practice and grow is what we say with our mouth, that it should benefit those who hear us. It should be encouraging to those who are listening to us. And we may even think, you know what, but it needs to be said. It may need to be said, but it should be for their benefit, not to make us feel better. And by the way, this is where I get tripped up more than anything else, the tongue. Man, we say things that we go, why did I say that? Why did I do that? 
Friends, this is not about us saying, I'm gonna do better with my tongue this year. This is about saying, God, I need your Holy Spirit to help me because this is what my flesh wants to say, but I know this is not what the Spirit wants to say. So God, would you help me get into your word? Would you help me that I may hide your word in my heart, that I may not sin against God because my sin breaks relationships. It breaks relationships. That's what sin does. Sin breaks relationships. It breaks relationship with God and it breaks relationship with one another. That's what sin does. It breaks relationship and the, uh, the enemy loves it. But God has come through Christ to reconcile us, to give us the ministry of reconciliation that our words should be, they should be seasoned like salt. They should be sweet. They should taste good. When, when we church, when we go into our workplaces, when we show up in our schools, when we walk into our neighborhoods, people should say, man, I'm so glad they're here. I wish there was more of employees like this. I wish there was a bo- more bosses like this. I wish there was more people like this. They should be, they should, they should, we should be God's ambassadors, but we need the Holy Spirit's power. And my prayer is when, when you leave here, that you don't leave discouraged, challenged, convicted. God convicts those he loves, yes. He says things for our benefit that we need to hear, but he always does it with perfect love. May we be a church and a people that build and lift. May, may we, with God's help, may we help others in our marriages, our relationships. Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brother. He's begging you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of all that God has done for you, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's great to sing, but it's even better when we offer ourselves to him. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, for the sake of time, I just wanna share a few things I've, of some roadblocks. God's plan for us to be healthy is to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's, that's what we're practicing. We won't do it perfectly, but that's what we're practicing. And we all have roadblocks, but I'm gonna share a couple primary roadblocks to this renewal. Because if we wanna be renewed, we want God to get a hold of our heart to, 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 so we can love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Here's some roadblocks to renewal. The first is just failure to surrender to God. To Failure to surrender our lives to him, our bodies, our souls. When I I don't care how much you seek to be renewed and refreshed, you will never be renewed the way God wants you to be renewed if you don't surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You'll be swimming upstream. You'll be walking uphill. God opposes the proud, but he unleashes grace on the humble. And he wants to humbly unleash his grace on you. But we have to humble ourselves and say, God, you're Lord, you're Savior. I'm no longer in charge. You're in charge. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. When we fail to surrender to Jesus Christ, it is a roadblock. It's a frustration to your life. You will live frustrated for the rest of your life until you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. But when you humble yourself and surrender to him, the floodgates of his grace, they, 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 they flow wide open. An, another roadblock, excuse me, I got, got ahead of me. You didn't see that. Stinking thinking. I'm gonna move on because you already went to the last one. So stinking thinking, 
get rid of that negative self-talk. Ask the Holy Spirit uh, to speak to you through his word, to tell you the promises that he's given you of who you are, that you're a child of God. You're deeply loved by him. You're a child of the most high God. You're adopted into his family. You, you, you have, you're made, we are called to one day reign and rule with him. We are created to come along. We are called to be, we are a friend of God. We're his masterpiece. But the last roadblock you saw it, is passion killers of unhealthy people and unkind critics. Now, you may be saying, I thought you said we're supposed to love all people. We are. We're called to love all people. Enemies, people who oppose us, we're called to love everyone. But it doesn't mean we have to give the majority of our time to them. Jesus, notice who he spent the majority of his time with. He didn't spend it with the religious leaders and the religious elite. He spent it with the 12 raw, rough around the edges, sometimes said the wrong things instead of their foot in their mouth, did stupid stuff, said stupid stuff, but he saw their passion to follow him. Jesus is way more interested in passionate followers of Jesus than he is in polished Christians. He's not interested in polished Christians. He's interested in followers of Jesus. They're passionately want to follow him. I, I believe he's interested and passionate about the Ephraims of this world. But unhealthy and kind critics, they'll drain you. And I believe when you come to church, I pray that each Sunday when you're around God's people, you should leave here encouraged. You should be lifted. You should be built up in your spirit. You should be uh, ready to go fight in this world for the kingdom of God because you've been encouraged. You've been strengthened. But unhealthy people and unkind critics, Proverbs 22 says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Yes, we're called to love everyone equally. We're called to love our enemies, but we don't have to spend the majority of our time with them. Jesus set the example. He didn't turn anyone away. Anyone that wanted to listen to him and follow him, hey, Come on. The Pharisees and the religious leaders, they constantly went to Jesus and they were constantly uh, a source of frustration. But he always welcomed them. He always lovingly said, hey, I, I love you as equally. I love you too. But he spent the majority of his time with these 12 disciples who really were passionate about wanting to follow him and learn from him and grow in him. Jesus spent that time with them. So, pathways to renewal. Take care of your body. Feed your mind good things. Read good things. Put the word of God in, in your life. Practice those things. Put yourself with God's people and in his church in relationships. Be, be around people that are building up your faith and encouraging your faith and encouraging you, not condemning you, not judging you. Walk in their own journey, but just loving in the community of faith. But the number one path to renewal, the number one path to renewal, the beginning point, the starting point is a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is no substitute for that. A relationship with Jesus Christ in which we receive his love, his forgiveness, we accept his, what he did for us on the cross. We believe that he died and three days later rose again, that we 
we believe that, we confess it with our lips, we believe it in our heart, and then we're on a path to begin to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We won't do it perfectly, but we're gonna become those practicing followers of Jesus. Would you pray with me today? The beginning point to renewal in your life, I've said it once, I'm gonna say it again. You will constantly be frustrated, confused, discouraged, if you don't surrender your life to Jesus Christ. That is the beginning point of grace and peace and freedom and renewal. But it requires us to lay down our pride, humble ourselves and receive him as Jesus, as receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed this morning. We give an opportunity each and every week for you to make that decision, for you to humble yourself and say, God, I need you. I want your peace. I want your freedom. I want my life to be yours. No one looking around today, if that's you today, would you just, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. We're just gonna pray a simple prayer, everyone together. But if that's you today, would you just quickly raise your hand? You just raise your hand. We're gonna pray that prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Keep them up, would you? Because it's hard to see around the congregation. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Just quickly raise an obedience. Maybe your heart's pattering a little bit. That's God saying, hey, I want you in my life, but I'm a gentleman. You gotta receive me. You You gotta accept me. Just that commitment of faith. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your love for us today. Thank you that you sent your only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for our sins. You were raised to life three days later so that we could experience a, a resurrection in our, our relationship with you and our relationship with others. Help us as we practice following you as Savior and Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength and our neighbors, ourself. Lord, for these that have raised their hand here today, Lord, May that simple act of courage and faith be the starting point to their new beginning, their renewal of their life in you. Do you stand with me this morning? So we close out the service and before Pastor Nate finishes us out, we pray a prayer each week. It's a prayer of affirmation and confirmation of our faith, but it's also so those who raise their hand don't pray this alone. So we're gonna pray this together. Believe in your heart. Let's celebrate what God has done this morning in the lives of his people. Repeat after me. Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world, that he gave his life to forgive my sins and was raised from the grave to give me life. I receive your grace by faith. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate with those who raised their hand and prayed that prayer for the first time today?